0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. And I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show is from the field, and we take you where you go to have those aha moments and mastermind meetings that move you closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion it doesn't happen at the office folks and it certainly doesn't happen in some sterile soundproof $25,000 Hollywood quality studio and you don't get it by spending 9 hours fussing over stupid edits for a 45 to 60 minute conversation which is why here at the business creators radio show which you find is very real it's very raw And it's very meta. We are going to have a conversation today. This is something I'm very excited about. It has to do with something that's near and dear to my heart. How can entrepreneurs create an all-in-one system for client and project management on a small budget? See, here's the thing. Creating a centralized hub for both client and project management does not have to be complex or expensive. And selecting the right tools that work for you and your business are key when building out this system. I have thoughts on this. Our regular listeners may have heard a snippet of this before. We'll get to it in a moment, but the first thing I want to do is I want to introduce today's exciting guest. Her name is Brittany Dixon. As a business strategist, or excuse me, a business system strategist and host of the Productivity Podcast, Brittany helps highly driven visionary entrepreneurs implement day-to-day operations management, project management, system, and processes, and simple strategy to free up time to do big things in her own zone of genius. Whether she's teaching entrepreneurs simple strategies to reduce overwhelm in her business, Brittany leverages her super organizer powers to grow businesses so they can scale and soar. Okay, Brittany Dixon, come on in. The weather's fine.
2: Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right, so I read off your official bio. That's impressive yeah. enough. I'm not sure if I'm worthy to be here and this is my show. <laughs> so what we like to do is we have a few questions that you shared with us in the in the green room, which we'll get to one way or another. And I have some curiosity about this overall topic, and we'll see where things naturally flow. I yeah. have spent a lot of time over the years, dealing with a specific issue and watching entrepreneurial ventures trip over themselves and get in their own way, fussing over something that doesn't need to be. And I have a funny feeling that you have the answer or a recommended answer that we should all take a look at because we may find ourselves seeing a new point of view. But before we do that, let's hear from you in your own words. Tell us a bit about your journey. And what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Absolutely. Um, so probably like most entrepreneurs, it's the long winding roller coaster journey. Um, but I essentially was a previous event planner. I worked for a corporate restaurant doing event planning and marketing, did a lot of catering events, um, but essentially turned event planner into home organizer into business organizers, kind of the short version of it. Um, so I actually got let go from my corporate job for not fitting into the box back in July of 2016. Uh, previous to that, there was already some, shifting happening. So I had already kind of started a side hustle to help moms organize their homes. Um, I'm a mom of twins. So I knew how crucial organization was when it came to kind of home life. So I kind of started as a side hustle, got let go, started as a business. had no clue what I was doing running a business. So I found a business coach and upon finding her and kind of diving into learning about business, she kind of brought me into this online space and said, Hey, instead of organizing homes for moms, How about we look at organizing businesses and business owners? So kind of dove into that a little bit, floundered through the first year or so. Um, And then essentially, I just really saw entrepreneurs struggling with trying to scale their business and grow and not work 27 hours a day because they didn't have systems and organization in the back end. So, finally that clicked. I started a podcast, I've got a group coaching program, I do consulting, but essentially our entire mission is to help business owners work smarter not harder, create that 4-day work week so they can actually have the freedom to do what they love instead of being in the office more than they were at a 9 to 5.
1: Oh, I got a few thoughts about this. First yeah. of all, <laughs> um I've only I've never actually been fired. But uh, I was actually not officially compelled to resign from a position, resigned from it, and still got unemployment compensation because of how awful they were. Yeah. Now, the joke's kind of on them. As I wrote about the experience in my contributing chapter to the book, Journeys to Success and Millennial Edition, which was an Amazon International bestseller. And they're struggling to this day. Yeah. So. I tell everybody, and I've also been told that I struggle to align with the company's mission, vision, and goals, okay? Well, chances are they don't have one. They got some (laughs) branding expert to write something with a bunch of big words. I mean, just come out and say that your purpose is there to make money and save money for your customers, clients, and shareholders, while turning a neat little profit for yourself cuz after all that's capitalism. And yeah. on your third point, on the third point, I can't remember what I was going to say, it'll come to me in just a second, but it does fall into that same whole thing about this Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the working smart and working hard thing. Okay. I was I can't remember if it was actually one of his events or he was speaking at the event, but I remember being right here in Las Vegas and seeing James Malinchak explained the difference between working hard and working smart. So he's in the middle of speaking and he's pacing around the room, bouncing that rubber ball like he always does. And he decides he wants to leave the room right in the middle of his presentation. So he walks up to the wall and starts pounding on it. Thinking if he pounds hard enough, he'll bust a hole through the wall. He'll be able to walk through. Now that's working hard. Yep. Then he looked around and he saw, oh, look at that. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's a door. Okay. So he walked up to the door and started pounding on the door, thinking if I just pound hard enough, eventually this door is going to give way and I'll be able to walk out. Pounded on the door. Didn't didn't move. Yeah. (laughs) Then finally he looked down. He saw, wait, what's this thing? Oh, this is a door handle. Okay, I'll push on this. Oh, the door opens. That's working right. Absolutely. We have working hard, working smart, and working right. And when it comes to project management systems, operations management, I believe that that's the missing piece. We see, I'm going to ask a very broad question, and we'll narrow it in as we go along. But I want to start with, how is it that so many businesses, when it comes to Project management and client relationship management. Why does this seem to become a giant cluster and nothing ever really gets implemented?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think the first big thing is that most business owners didn't start a business to run a business. They started a business because they're really good at something. They found out that they could monetize it and then kind of just figured it out along the way. So I think that's the biggest thing is most business owners are not really trained to be business owners. So they don't have a lot of that knowledge in the back end of like the different things that they need to actually make the business run. Um, but the second thing is, and I've seen this a lot recently is I think that, People try to adapt to many different types of systems, processes, and kind of frameworks, and they don't stick to any of them because they haven't basically meshed together the process and the system that works for them or the routines that work for them. Um, I see this a lot in the online space where you know people buy multiple different planners and notebooks and all these different things, and then they end up using none of them because they're just searching for the next best thing instead of just picking one and sticking with it and being consistent. Um, So I think too, it's just like a lot of information overload and not taking action on things and being consistent and sticking with it.
1: Well, one of the reasons there are so many planners out there is almost every coaching company out there has merch and they sell t-shirts and they sell planners and and they usually will have a training module or at least a really nice blog post about why you should have a planner. Now, the reason they sell the planners and the reason why they'll give away the planners normally $39.99, yours today free when you sign up for my webinar is simply because they want you to have something in your hands that has their logo on it. So you think about them. So I'm not yep. knocking it. They're doing exactly what they need to do. However, the consumer misconstrues this and believes that there's 37 different ways to plan. Yep. How you plan is how you plan. I used to actually have a project management software in my business and I got rid of it. I use a notebook. Yeah. And, uh, and that notebook is based on a word document that I update once a week that shows annual goals. It shows quarterly objectives, monthly deliverable dates. And then for the week, I just usually Monday afternoon, I transpose in things from the weekly list or the monthly list rather. And I say, okay, so these are actual deadlines. Got to complete this one, this one in here, this one in here, this one here. And with all the clients, all the consulting clients, I also have a menu of, you know, things that we want to get done sometime, but there's no specific priority on it. But whenever it would be nice to get them done. So whenever it's good, I'll grab one or two of those. And then I'll work in the work on my business type stuff. And then I'll do all the time blocks for when I'm playing hooky and every other damn thing. (laughs) But that's about the extent of it. I don't yeah. need sophistication. I tried sophistication. I found myself maintaining the sophistication, but on the other hand, I also consult for a for an online resource company in a very very narrow but deep niche, and their entire business hinges on their use of teamwork and how they yeah. use and how they use task list templates, how they assign projects and sub projects, and the key thing is how they manage dependencies.
2: And I think for a lot of business owners, they think they need all of that or that they'll grow into all of that. So they try and start there. And I think that's the biggest problem is that you have to start with something that's more basic and grow into those things, right? Like j- like yeah. you said, you've got this Word document and you go annual goals, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and you plan like that and you reverse engineer. I think yeah. that's also a, a planning skill, right? Is to start with big and make it smaller. Um, but I think that a lot of business owners, they see all of these like possibilities of these systems and oh my gosh, that looks amazing. And they try to dive into the super complex version of it that they don't use it because they're so overwhelmed because they haven't even really narrowed down and like nailed down their planning strategy in a simple way. So I think a lot of times people take on templates. And most of the time when I go into somebody's project management tool, it's it's a massive cleanup first because they've yeah. went and downloaded 47 different templates, but yet they're not <laughs> using any of them. So none yeah. of them make a difference and you really just have to simplify, which I consider myself a business minimalist. I want you to have the least amount of tools, the least amount of projects, the least amount of tasks, because again, we're trying to simplify so that we can amplify our um, just value in the world and what we're doing.
1: I think I like you already. My, <laughs> my book, Groundhog Days and Event Not a Business Strategy, the core meaning behind it is how you achieve maximum results through the application of minimalism and essentialism. Yep. There's a section in the book that actually got repeated twice when I was transposing the data. From my blog and my previous writings and forming the master document, I accidentally copied it to two different sections. And then I decided to leave it both places because I thought it was that important and that pertinent to the two different areas of the spring formula. It simply encourages the entrepreneur, the business owner, the business leader to look at everything you're doing over the course of the day and ask the question what would happen if we didn't do this at all? Yep. It's not designed to have you not do anything. It's designed to surface the things where you can look at it and say, "Well, if we didn't do this at all, wow, we would lose our customers, our whole thing would fall apart, every other damn thing." Yep. But it's also meant to identify, uh, you know, being in the work you're in. Have you heard the one about the uh, the guy who noticed that his wife cut off the ends of the roast when he she put it in the pan?
2: No, I have not heard that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Man notices that his wife cuts off the end of the roast before she puts it in the pan. He okay. wonders why. And she says, well, my mom told me to cut off the end, end of the pan, end of the roast, because it makes it juicier and tendier, tenderer and it makes it for a better roast. Well, a couple of weeks later, he saw his mother-in-law. He asked the mother-in-law, said, my my wife tells me that you taught her to cut off the ends of the roast before putting it in the pan because it makes it cook so that it's more tender, more juicy, and makes for a better roast. And she said, yep, well, that's what my mom taught me. Well, son of a gun, his (laughs) grandmother-in-law, 101 years old, will tell you all about how things were tough during the Great Depression.
0: (laughs) She happens to be alive,
1: and she's still alive and kicking. She's got her faculties about her. So he gets to go back in time and ask the grandmother-in-law. And he asked that same question to the grandmother-in-law. He said, "Your daughter and your granddaughter have both told me that they learned from you that you cut off the ends of the roast before you put it in the pan because it makes the roast cook tender and juicy and makes for a better roast." And she says, "Sonny, during the Great Depression, we couldn't afford a pan that big. I just didn't want I just didn't want uh, your wife's grandma to know how poor or your wife's mother to know how, <laughs> how poor we were." So I see how it got a little confused on the generations. But the point behind that is so many things that we call rules, regulations, and processes are permanent overreactions to temporary blips on the radar screens. And corporate environments often manifested because somebody in a corner office was a little bored that day and decided (laughs) to charge out of the corner, pounding their chest, reciting their title, just so they could be seen as doing something.
0: Yep.
2: And that's, I think I see a lot of business owners doing that, right? Like they've created these task lists of things and they're busy, 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 busy all the time. And they work 17 hours a day, but they're not actually doing productive things. They're not doing revenue generating things. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing at this stage in business. And then they get stuck and burnt out because they're doing a lot, but not moving anything forward. And I can speak from experience because I did that the entire first year and a half I was in business because I didn't really have mentors that kind of pushed me through that. And I just figured that you had to work hard to make it. So I just kept pushing through. But what I found was when I finally put some systems in place and when I finally minimized my task list and asked myself, like, is this revenue producing? Is this going to help me move forward? that's when stuff started happening because I was actually doing things that were growing the business versus just being busy to check things off.
1: Right. Uh, Through my business, the podcast reach system, which is what we do to work with entrepreneurs and small business owners to launch their podcasts and yeah. you being a fellow podcaster, you know that it's a process to launch one. It's a
2: process. Yeah. <laughs>
1: part, of, part of the, deli- part of the deliverable, the client receives if they invest in one of the elite reach levels is a filmed tutorial customized to their dedicated website, their process and their content on how to uh, pull down edit, produce, publish, and promote an episode. Yeah. We use substantially the same process for everybody, but there's usually slight adjustments. And the important thing about the tutorial is we do a tutorial of it being their podcast, not just a generic podcast showing the general reach formula. We show them theirs. And one of the things I say in the disclaimer is no matter how much you know about podcast editing, podcast production, podcast promotion, do it exactly as I tell you at least one time. Yeah. Because as I walk through it, and it's going to go, and I'm going to go very slow, I'm going to explain all the little subtleties on the back end of podcast reach that contribute to search engine optimization, search engine marketing, and are designed to allow you to gain multiple returns. On individual tasks within the timeline yeah now, that's
2: massive value because that's so, a yeah. process that can now be passed on to someone and that CEO right. doesn't have to be in charge of that. That's amazing.
1: Right. so when I turn this over, a lot of times the uh, whoever we turn it over to will follow it and then they'll all and then after that, they'll heed the second part of the advice, which is once you understand all the moving parts, If you know some shortcut or you think of another way you could do it so that matches more your work style, that's perfectly fine. As long as all the benefits appear and the end result looks the same. Yep. Now, if I turn it over to somebody's assistant and they decide, oh, I I know what I'm doing here. I don't need to watch this tutorial. Not only do I know they didn't watch it because I'll see all the errors (laughs) when it comes out. But I'll be able to tell you if they watch part of the video and I'll know how far they watched. Yeah. Because I'll see where it goes from being correct to just going to hell. So if it's a, so if it, so if the tutorial is an hour and 10 minutes, they watched the first 20 minutes and then decided that they knew everything about podcast, posting, production, and editing. Well, I can see that from whatever I said at minute 21 and everything else is wrong behind that, I know how far you watched.
2: Yep, because you have a system. You've got the a re- framework re- and a tool. Yeah. Now,
1: yeah. Let me, now, let me go one step further with this. The reason we go through this level of effort to provide this value to our elite reachers is the same reason that I designed task lists for myself and for my clients. They're designed to solve one issue, which is how can we systemize a process in such a way where the person doing it doesn't even have to think about it and can save their brain power for creativity and innovation. Yep.
2: Yeah, I love that. That's, that's really what systems are for. That's what your to-do list is for. That's what your project management tool, your CRM, they're tools that allow you to put that information inside of that so that it doesn't have to live in your brain because you're already wearing so many hats as an entrepreneur, marketing, sales, prospecting, selling, Mm -hmm. like all of these different aspects, bookkeeping, all of these things, right? We have so many things to think about, like why not leverage some of these tools to create the systems, to take that off of our brain so that we have creative space to pass that off to someone else. So we don't physically have to be the one that's doing it, but it still gets done the same way. Um, systems really are that self-care for your business because it's allowing you to take time off and have that work-life balance and that freedom that you started the business for, um, systems really are, the core of a business and you can hustle your way to six figures, multi six figures without very great systems in place. But it's a heck of a lot easier when you've got things in place that make it a lot more organized and simple to move
1: forward. You're not going to get beyond six figures without processes. It's just because what's going to happen is that's, that's the point where you cross the Rubicon of being solopreneurial to leveraged. It's usually right around when you get about a third of the way into the six figures where you're solidly there because you can aff- afford to hire premium yep. people and pay them a lot of money to do a really good job, which then really gets the acceleration going. And then they're going to subcontract beyond you and themselves to move them their stuff along. And you're yep. going to have multiple layers and tiers on your team. And you're going to have people moving in and moving out. And the process is, is where you take away all the stuff that you don't really even need to think about to save that creative and innovative energy for things that it's useful for you. I mean, if you're actually giving thought to how to edit, publish and promote a podcast episode, then you skip something. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously.
2: Yeah, no. And I don't think entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, especially, I don't think they realize how much brain power that actually takes to keep that in your head without having systems and without having Uh like a checklist in place I think they are just like, oh, it's just me. Like I can do this. I can remember this. I should be smart enough to be able to remember this, but we need to start leveraging these tools to take that off of us so that we can actually think about things creatively, come up with better ideas to serve our clients, come up with ways to leverage our skills and also still support people, right? So systems really are the thing that is going to allow you to scale without working 24 hours a day.
1: Actually, being a solopreneur is all the more reason to have systems because you have to shift yep. <laughs> between different energies. Here's, um, now, one of the things that we, for those of us who go through corporate environments before we become entrepreneurial, we find that at least for a while, we bring some of those corporate habits with us. Now, what's one thing, I'm just going to ask this very broadly, what's one thing that you remember from your corporate experience that was the biggest time suck of all?
2: Um, probably meetings, meetings, honestly. Yes, very yeah. good.
1: Yes, perfect. <laughs> so here's the issue. At the management and executive level, you're used to a model where your time is largely spent in meetings. Yep. And they're and they happen in either 30, 60, or <laughs> 120 minute increments, depending on whether or not it's the board of directors, uh, your own work group or yourself and your assistant or what have you. its It just all depends. So you're used to bouncing from meeting to meeting to meeting and having them be in these discreet little, discrete little blocks of time where you don't really have to think all that hard as you're usually following some sort of agenda, whether official or unofficial, and you're kind of surface level. But then other people in the organization... These are the doers. These are the hands-on folks. These are also the innovators and the creators. They work, their work style is in four to six hour blocks. This is, this is why, this is why your webmaster will sometimes tell you off with very interesting language. (laughs) If you try and have too many meetings with them. Yep. That's exactly why. Because when you get into that mode, You're thinking in terms of the project. You're thinking in terms of the deliverable. This is why if you look at an entrepreneur's online scheduler, you'll notice that their availability for calls off the transom tends to happen either one to two days a week or on alternate days. Yep. (laughs) Because they take take some of their days and set them aside for the big blocks. Yeah. And then the other days they open wide up and they jam in as many client calls, coaching (laughs) calls, podcast interviews team meetings, whatever it is. Yep. And if, they and, do have, and if they do have an assistant, part of the job of their assistant is when somebody looks at their calendar and says, well, I don't like those times. I want one on Tuesday, even <laughs> though he doesn't have any availability. Uh, they, they pay a human being to just preemptively tell them no.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I I somewhat operate the same way, right? Because that batching time does help mm-hmm. with the creativity. That does help with um, time management and getting stuff done and staying on track. So we actually use the BCO method. So it stands for Brittany & Co., but it's also business development, client services, and operations. And those yeah. are the th- three areas of every single business, right? Now, bigger businesses, business development gets broken down into like sales and marketing and PR. Mm-hmm. Like it has multiple pieces, but Overall, everyone has those three areas. And by batching your days in that way, you can stay in those energies. So for me, Mondays very operations heavy. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I spend about half the day doing business development type of stuff. So marketing, um, master classes, teaching, things like that. And then the other half of the day is for client calls, client work, client meetings, those types of things. And then for me, Friday is completely blocked off, right? So yeah. Friday's blocked off and I have control over that. Now sometimes I still work on Fridays or I do my planning or I can catch up on a project. Uh, but for me, I wanted to create that four day work week. So I just blocked it off. Nobody can get in there. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you lots of lots of calls yeah. on the other the other days, right? That's when we yeah. start batching client calls, we start batching team meetings, things like that. But um yeah, it's very different operation from a corporate standpoint where you have meetings about meetings about meetings uh-huh. <laughs> versus entrepreneurs where we're like, no, we don't want meetings unless we absolutely have to. And then we're going to have like the shortest meeting possible because we need to cram five of them.
1: Exactly. I you, you, kindred spirits. Okay. Yeah. So going back to your corporate days, what was the second biggest time suck? Let's see if we go two for two here.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot of the, just like, accountability and follow-up like the emails emails. Yes. <laughs> Number
1: two. We're the, we're the, sa- we're yeah, the yeah, same. We're yeah. uh, like the same. The emails what, about yeah.
2: the emails about the meetings, about the meetings. And it was what, just
1: this long yeah. trail. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's, here's what happens. And I deal with this a lot with clients who are well, who come into the private consulting side of my business and are relatively early in it and have recently made that transition from being solopreneurial to leveraged is you will find that phenomenon of 25 emails to answer one question (laughs) and uh and uh, everybody cc'd on everything and everybody Uh having to respond to everything they receive so it becomes this clusterfuck of yeah oh so much yes on on more than one occasion i actually went to my client and i said look uh, i'm spending about an hour a day just going through all the emails generated by your account to determine if there's anything that actually pertains to me, yep. <laughs> so this is going to be the next area of our work together, or I'm going to raise your retainer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I worked with a company before, and they were having six hours of meetings every single week because mm-hmm. they didn't have a project management, task management, team communication tool in place. That they were literally just having meetings so that everyone could catch everybody up about all the emails that they had sent each other. <laughs> Oh um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, lo- I love those,
1: those types. I love those types of things. Yeah. So uh, I have, I have a few policies of my own. Um, if there's no need for me to reply, I don't. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. And, and, and what, and what, and the way I'll usually do it is if I see a line of emails that come from the same group of people and they all have the same subject line, I'll open whichever one came last and then scroll down. If there's nothing yeah. for me, I delete the whole thread. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. And, not- and if there is something for me, I go down to wherever it was. If it was like email number two out of six, and I'll actually reply to email number two. Yep. <laughs> Just say you want to play this game I'll, i Yeah, I'll, and I'll, it's I'll play for a. I'll play for a minute for a mile.
2: Such a productivity killer. That that exactly. same company, after working with them, and I was able to put in a project management tool for them. They cut it down to one hour a week. They literally gained back five hours a week to actually work on what they did in the business versus going having meetings about meetings about emails that sent so and so and like it's just this whole chain of things. And one of the biggest things I see using email as task management is what if you send an email that has three action items in it and someone replies only to one of those because people do that. Oh I, <laughs> then those other I, two disappear and never they, they fall through the cracks and nothing ever happens with them and then yeah. things, things are bad.
1: When I was in the web development business I had a client like that. I'd send them three issues they would respond to one of them. Yep. And it would be a half ass <laughs> response and then they, and then they would come around with their with their with their fist pounding and their yep. we and we all need to meet to find out where we are. And all this, and I would say, there's going to be no meeting where we are (laughs) is you owe me answers to all these questions. Yep. And I'm already paid on this project. So if you want to take three years on it, that is fine (laughs) by me. But I think we both agree that we'd like to finish this. And at this point, we'd like to go our separate ways. So could you please answer these questions? (laughs) Now, I said that a little more diplomatically. Of Of course, course. of course. But but again, we're masterminding here and we're kind of letting it all hang out. This is what our listeners love. Yep. So now's a good time to bifurcate here. You mentioned project management. You mentioned client relationship management. So we have our project management softwares like Asana, Monday, Teamwork. I could go on. Then you have client relationship management, which there are a few genuine CRMs, but then every email marketing solution purports to be a CRM. So yeah. what I'd like you to do is bifurcate the difference between those two terms.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So project management, uh, project management, task management, work management, they've kind of, I think the game is changing a little bit now that we're in this remote workspace. Um, so you'll probably hear it called all of those things, but really it is a place to manage action items and yeah. due dates. It's a place to communicate potentially with team members about said tasks and due dates. Um, and potential projects and really keep things on track in a timeline kind of situation. Right. Um, And you can have multiple different things that you're keeping track of in there. You could do stuff personally in there as well. Like there's a lot of different things that you can keep track of in those task and project management tools, but it really is to give you that master task list based on your goals. The other side of that is your CRM and it stands for customer relationship manager. And it's essentially a tool that allows you to keep up with the relationship with different people. This could be potential clients. This could be current clients, past clients. This can be relationships for networking, people you've met. Um, You can keep track. It's basically just to keep track of people and your interactions with them. So a lot of them will keep track of email communication, text communication. You can add notes about what you talked about inside of there. You can send emails through there so that keeps track of that. Set follow-up tasks to make sure you're checking in with people but it really is a hub to keep track of the people and people are the lifeblood of your business so probably yeah. a good thing to have in the business to make sure that people aren't falling through the cracks that's one of the biggest things i think i hear from solopreneurs is that they need more leads i need more leads i need more leads i need more clients and i'm like if you just kept track of the people you're talking to and did the f- follow up you would have clients because the fortunes in the follow up i actually had a client yep. that a long, closed Oh, the long game for sure. I had a client that closed and it took him, it took me three follow-ups to even get him on a call. And then it took an additional seven follow-ups to close on the proposal that I had sent. And if I would have just given up, he would have never closed. Right. But people are busy. Uh, timing is everything. And the fortune is in the follow-up and the long game. So you have to have a system that is allowing you to keep track of that because we have so many different places. We're keeping track of people. Now at this point, we need to have something all in one. So that's really what a CRM is doing for you. Um, now there is some overlap between the two because some CRMs do have task management and, um, some task managers, right out to be CRMs. Right. I will argue against that, but,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: there, there is some overlap, but those are two s- crucial tools that you need in a business.
1: Right. So what are the tools you recommend for both yeah. of these stackers?
2: Yeah. So for project management, team management, we use Asana. Um, okay. we actually use Trello for the longest time and then kind of outgrew that as we started growing the business, just from a dependencies and timelines and different projects and things uh-huh. we were working on. Um, I've tried them all pretty much. (laughs) There's pros and cons to all of them, but we use Asana. And then from a CRM standpoint, um, we still are pretty small. So we actually use 17 hats, which is very geared towards solopreneurs and small teams. And it really is that all-in-one as far as your scheduler, your CRM, your follow-up tasks, those sorts of things. And then it also does contracts, proposals, invoicing. You can email directly from there. There's some workflows inside of there that make that whole process a lot easier. Um, and it's pretty simple and easy to use and has an app. So
1: yeah, those oh, are kind of oh, our, nice. our
2: two core hubs and both have apps, which make it super easy and accessible on the go. Um, they don't necessarily integrate, but as I was talking about the BCO method before we basically keep track of all of our business development and operations things in Asana, mm-hmm. and then all things client related are in 17 hats from a CRM standpoint. Yeah.
1: Okay, a story I like to tell, and uh, our listeners know that I will come up with these stories that seem like they're completely out of left field, <laughs> and uh, sometimes, and sometimes I'll fucking swear too. And I'll think, I was like, wait, whoa, it. whoa, what, what did I just, <laughs> what did I just miss while uh, I was streaming this in the background? And uh it was starting <laughs> to turn into the teacher from Peanuts. Uh, see, uh uh, 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 and we have listeners even tune in to see if I'll drop one. It depends. It depends on the audience. Um, there you go. I mean, in your in your sense, I gather that you um have. You know, the, your tribe are the the innovators, the people who will who will throw down and make things happen regardless yep. of convention.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep,
1: I assess that I assess that pretty accurately. So here's my story: uh, when I first joined the Rotary uh, for the, I think it was like the first year, or until I had acquired so many like uh, service credit hours, they kept going back and forth until uh, they. You know, they decided it was going to be uh, time in or something like that. Uh, Yeah, I had to belong to something. It was called. It basically was the newbie club. And the reason (laughs) they and the reason they do that it actually kind of makes sense. Is it inculcates you with the principle of service above self, and it also guarantees that. Certain functions of the chapter, like people to volunteer for the social activities, people to volunteer to put together the luncheon and take it down, and things like that gets covered, and everybody does their time. so I agree overall with the premise, and my argument with it was that uh, they were inconsistent for a while with how long you get stuck in this thing? Is it a year or is it until you get eighteen credit hours? I don't know, yeah, but anyway, when I remember one of the members uh wanted us all to form a slack channel around being on this newbie club and (laughs) my thought was number one as far as i've been able to tell and i've tried slack before (laughs) it's not going to send me emails to ping me if i've been sent a message which is my baseline requirement for any system whether it's a sauna teamwork or whatever uh it's got to email me to ping me that there is a task or a message or something waiting for me because I'm not logging in and I'm also not installing apps on my system that will slow down my CPU processing. It's just not happening. Second of all, this is the damn newbie club for the rotary. This is not <laughs> that big a deal in my life. And third, I just ain't doing your Slack. You can pick it up yep. yourself. So yep. the reason I bring this up is I don't actually fault the person who came up with the recommendation. Uh, they, they, they were actually in a business that was not completely dissimilar from yours. That yeah. works with organizations to help them with some of the productivity stuff. So I recognized what he was doing is taking his brilliance and his passion, and looking to apply it to another model. So I gave him, uh, you know, some pretty, you know, I'm going to say blunt, but you know, still good natured feedback about why that. I just absolutely was not going to be participating in their Slack channel, no matter what, uh, but uh, to sort of send the message of why this probably isn't the best forum for it, but that leads to the question of, you know, you see project management software, CRMs and things like that. And does it ever, have you ever noticed that it gets sometimes with some organizations, some businesses where that's the hammer they're holding so they treat everything like a nail.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, so, so, so
1: they're trying to apply project management and CRM where it's actually not even needed.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, it, as far as Slack, first off, I'm going to throw out that I'm an anti Slack person. <laughs>
1: like, okay, that 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 makes also two of us, go ahead.
2: Also do not love Slack. Um, I think it's just like, another form of messy email, but, um, so, I mean, I definitely think that once they start to use these tools, they try to cram everything into them. And sometimes like I've seen, especially in the project management side of things, they want the CRM piece to be inside of that as well. So it can be an all-in-one and I just, Uh I don't know that that's really possible. Um, it just doesn't do the same thing. Like they're made for two different things. Uh, a lot of times those tools that tout to be all in one, they can't be good at everything. So there's always something kind of missing in that regard. Um, so I mean, I definitely think that sometimes people are are pushing things into the platforms that don't necessarily belong there.
1: As soon as I hear all in one or one stop shop, I my antenna go up. yeah you see digital marketing firms um, online marketing firms in particular yep. that want to be the one-stop shop and I have yep. friends that run them and claim they're the one-stop shop yep. and then I look in, and then I look into what they do out of the 25 different categories with 15 <laughs> separate subtasks on each on their services page and once I actually speak with them I find out which of the Two or three of these things are their actual intersection of their brilliance and their passion and which others are kind of the throw in so you're not a one stop shop even if you think you are you may be able to get somebody out of a pinch if their other resource bails on them, uh, until they can find somebody else but that's not really what you do and when I was in web development before the year 2011 uh, and somebody came to me and said, we're really looking for a one-stop shop. And I'd say, I'd say stop right there (laughs) because if that's what you're looking for us to provide, we're not your firm. And I, and I also went through this with a client of mine when I explained this concept to him, he said, but, but I'm looking for people I can depend on for everything. I said, yeah, hire higher redundancy and depend on them for everything because some are going to be better than others. Some are going to be more available than others and get them working together. Because, if, because if, one, if one of these agencies decides they just don't want to do it anymore or you have an unexpected falling out and most falling outs are unexpected or anything weird happens, then you're up a crick if you uh, were expecting one company to just do it all and be your everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't work, I, which is which, think, is,
1: which is, which is, we can bring it up, if you'll allow yeah, me here. reason yeah. I bring that up is you recommended two different resources between your project management and your CRM. Yep. And I just wanted to point out that trying to find one software or one company that actually did it all would have been an exercise in futility.
2: Yeah, and I, I've oh, tried. Trust ahead. me, I, yes. I've tried. I've looked. Uh, I've tested out all the different systems. I've been the guinea pig inside of almost all of them at this point, so yep. that I know what to recommend to my clients based on their goals. Uh, but again, really minimizing your everything within your business. So for me, I started scaling when I minimized the amount of offers that I had. Right, like I've got one of two paths that you can go down, yep. and that's how I started to really scale my business was when I started to simplify that and be known for very specific things instead of multiple things, right? So as far as the systems go, yes, you want as all-in-one as possible, but you cannot cram everything into one. The ones that say they're all-in-one softwares, something is lacking inside of it. And if that thing's not important to you, it might work out. But most of the time, the thing that's lacking is important for business owners. And it's just really, really difficult to try to piecemeal it together And if it doesn't work and it's not easy to use, you're not going to use it consistently, which is the main point of a system Uh uh, because all the shiny objects and tools and things out there, they're not going to fix your problem if you don't actually use them on a consistent basis. So you can have the most fancy software that you pay thousands of dollars for, but if you're not using it, you're not going to get the benefits from it.
1: Okay, so story time once again. I When people are picking out... uh, when people are looking to pick out their different softwares for this, I mean, I, if they want to work with me, I have recommendations. So this is part of what I do on a very limited basis with my private consulting clients. Um, otherwise I'd refer them to someone like you who specializes in it. And either way I'd give them a few different things to think about what serves their purposes right now. What is likely to serve their purposes in six months? Uh, what creates dependencies that drives action. So this stuff gets done. And most importantly, is it fun to use? Yeah. Because if it's not fun to use, they ain't going to use it. Yep. (laughs) I cannot say this any simpler than that. Yeah, no, I
2: I think it has to be fun and also simple and fast. Like if it's not something that they can log into, do the thing and get out of it. They're not going to use it Um, because it's just we have so many things going on as business owners. And we already have to spend so many hours doing these different things that going into a software that looks terrible, that's hard to use, that's not simple. It's too complex. You're going to be overwhelmed from the get go.
1: Okay, so you've tried just about all of them. So you're familiar with teamwork. I am. Okay, And you know how with teamwork you can build the you can build the uh, the templates for task lists. And you can also have tasks be dependent upon each other within those task lists. And you can change the date on one thing and have it ripple effect due dates down the entire task list. And then sometimes you just have to go make little adjustments to move one that landed on a Sunday or something like that. But basically, (laughs) you can set up an entire project in advance. And with one of our clients... We were looking for a protocol of when we create the dependencies where somebody did their part of the project and they needed to hand it over, what's the best way to hand it over? Now, due to a combination of file space considerations and the client wanting to build institutional legacy in a redundant, meaningful way, it was decided that if there were small files, like a Word document or something like that, you would simply attach it right to the task. And then you'd also cross-file it the Dropbox, and in the comment section, you just make a simple comment that is just the, the path in Dropbox to find the folder it's in. You yep. don't have to write a lot of fancy language around it. It's just, everybody knows it's the Dropbox link, right? So sounds pretty simple. And if it's something large like a video, you just simply put it in Dropbox and put the link there, and yep. they know because teamwork also has limitations in how much file storage it holds, whereas Dropbox is potentially infinite. Yeah. So one of the debates with this, with a, a team member, this client had was wanting to use all these functions that were built into teamwork uh, that would have required you to go from one section of it to another, and then you'd have to go to the previous task. It was already closed to find the file, to work on what you're doing right now. And all, and it was all in just trying to, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, it was somebody talking to be heard because yeah. our educational system tells us that we are supposedly better students if we blather, even if we, even if we don't contribute anything. I, I, I mean, how is putting it right there for the next person to just pick up and run with, how is that not a better solution than anything else?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it sets everybody up for success. When you create tasks that are very clear, they're assigned very clearly with clear due dates. Um, you've got all the information at hand, you've got links that you need, you have attachments that you need. It just makes it so much simpler than going and searching for this information. I think I read a stat somewhere that the average information worker, which is pretty much everyone in the year of 2022, right? Um, They spend 12 and a half hours a week searching for information, whether that be emails, Zoom links, text messages, phone calls, uh, files, PDFs, like whatever that is that you're looking for. They spend 12 and a half hours searching for information in a week. Oh, I believe it. Like absolute. And then in the online space, I think that's magnified even a little bit more because we have so many more files and things that we're dealing with because we're online business owners, but that's an insane number of hours to spend searching for information. Whereas if you just had a system in place, And it's super simple and easy. And you create tasks that have all of this information attached. You're setting everyone up for success because then they can just get to the task versus having to spend all that time searching for things. Um, And this, this dives in a little bit to, I kind of talk about organizing a digital workspace as well, and really simplifying your Google drive storage and your email folders and really keeping everything streamlined across the board. But you've got to set everyone up for success. And a project management tool is what's going to do that for them because you're able to give them everything at one spot. They have expectations. You can comment and tell them like, Hey, let me know if you have questions. Like the communication can happen within there as well, which takes away some of the email communication that you have to have and definitely takes away meetings.
1: Well, here's, um, well, here's how I, and I'm proud to say I won, I won that particular turf battle. If we're going (laughs) to just for, just for lack of a better word, just like greed for lack of a better word is good. Uh, the, um, the, uh, I guess most of the people in that team love the idea. They would open the task and, what they needed would be right there without them having to do any searching whatsoever. But then you had two folks, including the one that had the convoluted idea, that would try to follow the, this other process. So what those of us who agreed with me would do is would open our tasks. And if what we needed wasn't right there, we would just go to the person who's supposed to deliver it to us and say, hey, it's not here. And if they and if they and if they if they said, Oh, well, I was following the other, I'd say no, it's not here. Yeah. I need it now to do my job, be my deadline. And this is, yeah, and and this is one thing. This is one thing that does actually take curation. And I found with members of uh you know, you know, my my two clients that use this type of stuff, and I have an oversight role on it through my private consulting. I found that every so often somebody comes to you and you know, somebody who even if they knew it before. They just kind of need a refresher on it. And the refreshers give you the opportunity to reinforce what works best and also gives you an opportunity to check in and see if maybe there's an even better way. Maybe now now is an opportunity for innovation. If somebody who knew it now needs a refresher, maybe there's something missing. Maybe there's something we could do to optimize this even more. So while we're here, let's take a look at it real quick.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's huge. I think that one of the biggest things I kind of pride myself on when I'm doing my coaching, consulting, teaching people about this stuff is that You've got to have a systems mindset. It's not just enough to choose a tool, set it up and consistently use it. You've got to always have this in the back of your head, really thinking about like, okay, can this be done faster? Can we update this process to make this easier? Is there now a tool out here as things are being innovated, right? Is there another tool that would work better that maybe we need to consider switching to? Um, So you always want to have the systems mindset of like, how can I make this faster? Can I create templates for this? can I document this in a way that someone else can take it on and I don't have to do it. And this is kind of where SOPs, which are standard operating procedures come into play Mm -hmm. because this is where you can start creating those checklists with training videos and things. And I think that, Um, change management is tough when you're working with teams, especially because everyone's just kind of used to doing it the way that they've done it. They don't want to change. They think it's going to be more work for them and they kind of can't see through the thick of it. They can't see that it's going to be better because they have been doing it this way for so long. So you do have to go through a process of um, kind of almost like a phased approach of like, okay, this is the first thing we're implementing and we'll make yep. sure we get that down. Then we'll dive into phase two and we'll add this piece in and really making sure that everyone's following the same process. And like you said, if if somebody's bringing it up, that means there's probably some uh, lack of clarity or potentially a better way for it. And that might be a time to kind of reevaluate that, which comes back to systems thinking, right? Like always consistently thinking about how can we make this better? How can we make this easier, faster. Um, because that's really the only way to keep moving forward in business.
1: Correct. I'd also like to point out something very important you brought up. And this is why I love these mastermind type dialogues, because you get so much more out of them than an interrogative Q&A. Yeah. Uh, you brought up phasing in. So yeah. what do we see? And we see this, you probably remember a couple of these from corporate. And you see these with uh, <laughs> with uh, entrepreneurial ventures that bring too much of some of those mindsets along is when you implement some new process, it becomes some big bombastic goddamn thing. Yep. When it doesn't have to be. So layering, let's say you say, well, instead of using email as our, as our project management, and instead of using written to-do lists or, and their companies actually do this, they'll leave drafts in Gmail accounts that people have shared (laughs) access to. That's actually a real thing, believe it or not. Uh, They say, okay, we're going to implement this project management system. Now, the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to get nailed down what workflows are for common things that we do all the time. And we're going to build processes around that and get clear on who owns each piece so we can have task templates. That's all we're doing for now. Get that nailed down then we yep. can look into all right so now let's fine tune how do we deliver files from one person to the next in the dependency chain so that we can reduce the 12 hours a week that people spend just searching for information and then you can take it to another level which is you know, which could be uh you know what can we build into these task lists that allow for shorthand for people who really know what they're doing to go through it faster and at the same time leave enough there so when we bring on a new person they will get the full treatment that they go through so they understand the full process before they start innovating their own ways of shortcutting yeah so you take a step-by-step approach and therefore if it doesn't become overwhelming and therefore you don't completely cut people off from that which you're used to, because all change, all change is good, especially the scary stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think that, I think the employees or the contractors or whoever that might be, I think they probably want the change, but when you're like, Hey, we're going to go from how we're doing it. And we're going to use an entirely new task management system. We're going to have a whole different CRM. And we also have a different way of doing everything. They're like, Like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) they're like, (laughs) I can't even function daily now. Like, how am I going to get paid? Uh, all these thoughts I'm sure trigger, but when you can show them one thing that makes a big difference and they can see that momentum and then you do the next thing and they can see momentum there and they can see it getting easier for them. Then they're more willing to adapt and take on these new things because they've seen the success from it right so a lot of times when i do asana setups or cleanups it's it's really cleaning it up and setting up the infrastructure of the projects and how we're going to keep track of information and what they need to keep track of Uh, and then we go into okay what are those reoccurring tasks that we can set on reoccurrence that happen all the time but we want to have them there so that we know exactly what everyone's doing Then we can look at, now we can connect in the processes. And uh, this was actually an example that came up in my company. I just let go of my OBM and uh, it was really easy to transition everything because I just searched her name, pulled up all her tasks and reassigned them. And those tasks were already set up. They were set up on reoccurrence. They already had the SOPs attached to them. Everything was already there. And this new person literally just took over. And there was very little friction between that because I had that set up. But if you were letting go of somebody and you didn't have that in place, you're basically reinventing the wheel every single time. So I think that, yeah. I think people want the change. You've just got to do it strategically so that they don't get really overwhelmed.
1: Oh yeah, 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 certainly. And, the, and again, when setting up SOPs, when setting up task lists, the question I will ask is what, how is this helping the person need to think less about doing this? Yep. so they can save more of their mental energy for innovation and creativity. Will make have the most positive possible impact.
2: Absolutely, and I tell and, people and, especially. And, 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 and again,
1: and again, I'll say, if you're posting an episode of your podcast and you're actually thinking about this, you skip something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I tell people like, obviously it takes time up front to build these things out, but instead of just doing it, document it while you're doing it because they have some really amazing tools nowadays. They've got one called loom that you can record your screen. Um, they have some that actually keep track of the workflow steps. Like they've made it so easy that you can just walk someone through step-by-step visually to see what you're doing and just start there. That's the first step. And then you can have somebody document those in like a written format because obviously people take in information differently, but instead of just doing it, take the extra 30 seconds to a minute to like record what you're doing so that someone else could take that on.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the average, uh, how to post a podcast episode uh, training we provide our Elite Reachers is about an hour and a half to describe a 30-minute process. Yeah, It's for sure. Because we want to have them understand all the subtleties that lie under the surface that doing these little things that may seem like they're nitpicky work are actually key to the search engine optimization strategy behind the dedicated website.
2: For sure. And if for you sure. miss this
1: stuff, and, and if you don't pay attention to things like consistency in the file names like like here's like here's a simple thing and you you run a podcast yourself so you know this if you develop a consistent way of naming your mp3 files when you upload them to wherever you upload them so you can syndicate out to networks uh you can when you're loading like let's say you're loading episode 343 you already know what the file name is because you have a formula. So you could even be saved as the previous post and uh, open up where it has the link to the MP3 and just change the 342 to 343 and then type the guest name in all lowercase letters because you have that standard. But if you're just throwing up file names willy nilly, then Mm -hmm. you're creating an information search for yourself that you don't need.
0: A
2: hundred percent. Standard file names is huge. Um, again, with the BCO method, we literally organize everything in that way. We organize strategy in that way. We organize projects in the, into those three buckets, our email folders, our Google drive, because then we only have to think about from a high level, is it business development, client services, or operations? And then we can get into the nitty gritty of where the information goes or which yep. folder it goes into. Uh, but when you have One file system in your email and another file system in your project management and another file system in Uh Dropbox. Like you have to make so many decisions that like the mental fatigue alone will drain you, (laughs) let alone the 12 and a half hours you spend every single week looking for information that takes away from creativity and scalability.
1: Absolutely. All right. So uh, we are actually at the top of the hour. I could keep talking about this forever. So we do have to to wrap up. Maybe we'll have you back some time. But uh, you have an invitation for our audience. Let me share it. Uh, Brittany has a free community. It's called the Productivity Pod. They have weekly trainings, guest experts, coffee chats. Uh, uh, count me out on coffee chats, but I'll bring iced tea. <laughs> and, uh, and members mingle happy hour. Okay. Uh, sounds like fun. <laughs> and uh, you can ch- find out more about this at community. .co just look in our show notes but I'll say it again for those of you who are out running and jogging it's www.theproductivitypodcommunity.co and you'll and it'll take you through the steps of signing up for it you'll find out all of the features there's so much more than I just shared but it's all about finding ways and it's a community for busy overwhelmed entrepreneurs who want more family time fun freedom and impact with both the Oxford comma and the ampersand. So, beyond that, join that community. Be sure to do it. And beyond that, also check out the website at bcohq.com. It's actually named after that bco formula. So, that's BCOHQ. Dot, no, I'm sorry, it's dot co. We're all company domains here bcohq.co. And that's where you'll discover how this whole system works. You can also check out that podcast we mentioned earlier. And with that, Brittany Dixon, thank you so much for being with us. It's been an honor and believe me in education.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.